the way through verse by verse, straight through Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7, but time just is not going to allow us to do that this morning. So what I wanted you to do, want you to do is this week in your quiet time, pray and ask God to speak to your heart, and you study out Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 7, and you're going to see one of the finest messages that's ever been preached by a man of God uh, in Acts chapter 7. I'm going to hit the high points of it uh, for you this morning, but I want you to go back this week and allow God the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. There's three points that I want to make this morning concerning this man Stephen and standing for Jesus. The first thing that I want you to see is the fullness of Stephen. We're going to see that. And then I want you to see the faithfulness of Stephen. Stephen was faithful because he was full. And then we're going to see the forgiveness offered by Stephen and how powerful that truly is. In Acts chapter number 6, the Bible tells us something about Stephen. The Bible says over and over and over again that this was a man who was full. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 3, Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report. The early church had decided they needed some deacons to serve God and serve people, and so they were going to pick them out seven men that were of honest report. Watch this now. Full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom. Now the Bible says in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 5, skip down there with me, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. And listen to what the Bible says about the fullness of Stephen. A man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. So they were looking for men in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 3, men full of the Holy Ghost. And then in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 5, they found one. Uh, actually, they found seven, but one of them was the man Stephen that we're speaking of this morning. Now, look on down, if you will, please, to Acts chapter 6 and verse number 8. Listen to what the Bible says, again, concerning this man Stephen. And Stephen full, everybody say full. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Go on down to Acts chapter number 7. Skip down with me all the way down to verse number 55. And watch this. Acts 7, 55. But he, meaning Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. So over and over and over again, the Bible tells us that Stephen was a man full of the Holy Spirit. See, the question this morning is not what Stephen was full of, but who Stephen was full of. So who was he full of? The Bible says he was a man full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit. So let's, let me ask you this then. Let's answer this question. Who is the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen, he is a person. He's not an it or a thing. He is a person that is even more real than me and you this morning. He is God the Holy Spirit. Now, he's just as much God as God the Father and just as much God as God the Son. He is God the Holy Spirit. Now, I love what Charles Spurgeon once said about the Trinity. Charles Spurgeon said that if you try and explain the Trinity, you'll lose your mind. If you explain it away, you'll lose your soul. Folks, I want to tell you something. I don't ever understand all the ins and outs of the Trinity. I don't understand how all of that is possible with my finite understanding. See, it's very difficult for a man with finite understanding to understand that which is infinite. And so what I must do is place my faith in who I know God's Word says He is. And the Bible says we have one God who reveals Himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the precious Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that Stephen was a man full of God the Holy Spirit. 
Now, if he's full of the Holy Spirit, that just simply means he's full of God. Amen. He's full of the Lord. He's full of Jesus. Why? Because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. Now, why is this important? Well, it's extremely important for us to operate and be enabled by the power, the person of the Holy Spirit. See, if we're not operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, then all we're doing is just going through the motions. Let me tell you something that burdens my heart as a pastor, as a child of God, as a, as, as a follower of Christ. Today in the Bible Belt, and really all over this country, we have more churches than we've ever had before. I mean, you, you just drive through Hamilton, Alabama, and you're going to see a church just pretty much on every corner. Drive through the countryside, and in every community, you're going to see a church. As a matter of fact, right from where we are this morning, if we go five miles in any direction, we're probably going to run into, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 churches just right here around where we live. So there are churches everywhere. But let me ask you something. What's the shape of the world like? It seems to me we've got more churches than we've ever had before and we're in the worst shape that we've ever been in. It seems to me that the church is not making the difference that God has called us and saved us to make. See, I believe with everything in me that the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily in Christ. Now, how many of you understand and know, according to Ephesians chapter number 1, listen to me, folks, if it dwells bodily in Christ, that the church is the body of the Lord Jesus. We are the many members that make up the one body, him being the head. And the Bible says there's enough power inside the church, available to the church for us to change the world. So why is the world not being changed? Why is it that we have more churches than we've ever had and it seems to be we're in the worst shape we've ever been in? I'll tell you what I believe. I think we've learned to do church, to go through the motions, and listen, we don't, we don't rest in and rely upon the power of God. We, we, we've learned to create a program and follow it. Have an order of service and go through it. But we're not hungry for God to do what only God to do. We're not allowing God to fill us up. And to pour us out as his people. And folks, without the power of God, really what, 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 the only thing we can do, it's just good intentions. It can never be effective. We need God the Holy Spirit to fill us up and use us as his people, members of the body, to do his work. Now, each and every child of God has the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 16 that we are the temple of God. Now what is the temple? The temple is where God stays. It's the, the temple is where God dwells. So God dwells in His people. We are the temple of God. Now I know what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that it's only a certain few Christians, a select group that have the Holy Spirit. Folks, that's not what God's Word teaches. Let me share something with you. Take your Bibles, keep your place there in Acts chapter number 6, and turn back with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 39. 
Peter here preaching is talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit and what's just happened on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 souls were saved, and he began to preach the message of, of what's going on here. He says, for the promise is unto you. The promise of who? The promise of what? The promise of God the Holy Spirit that Jesus made to his disciples all the way back in John chapter 14 has now come and the church has been born. He said, this promise has come unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So everybody that is called of the Lord, everybody who accepts Christ as their personal Savior, this promise is made. Made unto them. That's what Acts 2.39 says. So everybody born again into the family of God now has a resonant of God the Holy Spirit living in us. If you believe it, say amen this morning. The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And he's right. Man, what a treasure it is. What a blessing it is to know that God lives in us. He sets up residence within the heart of everybody who places their faith places their trust in Jesus. Let's go on, look with me in, uh, in, in Romans chapter number eight. You'll remember this from our Wednesday night Bible study, but in Romans chapter number eight, the Bible tells us something there that's such a blessing to me, and I hope it will be to you as well. Romans 8 and 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be it, the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you can't say that you have trusted in Jesus and you don't have the Holy Spirit. Everybody who is in Christ has the Spirit according to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. Let me give you another verse. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 13 says plainly that we are all baptized into one body by the same Spirit. Every believer is made a part of the body of Christ through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All believers have God the Holy Spirit. Well, He set up residence within our heart and life. We have become the temple of Almighty God. Now listen to me though, folks. There's a difference in us having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. See, as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us all throughout the New Testament, be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen? It's a command that the New Testament gives every believer that we are to walk around full of Jesus. Full of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Now, what does it mean for us to be full? Well, as a convert, as someone who has trusted in Christ by faith and been born again, the Holy Spirit is our resident. He lives on the inside of us. Let me tell you how you know you're full of the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is president. <laughs> See, God just don't want to be resident in your life as a believer, as a child of God. He wants to be president in your life. He wants to have complete control of everything about you, all your plans, all your decision-making process. Everything that's going on in your life, God wants control. And as, the, as, as, God, as His people, we ought to give it to Him. That's why the Scripture tells us. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 18, the Bible says plainly, the Apostle Paul here speaking to the church at Ephesus, he says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But then he gives us the command, But be filled with the Spirit. 
Now Paul is making the example of what it's like to be filled with the Spirit here. He says, we shouldn't be filled with wine, we're in his excess. And listen, and you know a man's filled with wine, why? Because that wine begins to control the man. Any of you know who, who know anything about drinking, usually people start drinking the drink, but before long the drink starts drinking them. I mean, it's, it takes control of everything. And so what Paul is saying is, don't be filled with wine and be controlled by that substance, but be filled with the Spirit and allow God to have His control in your life. He don't need just to be resident in your life, but He needs to be president in your life. That's what it means to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. Folks, and that's what we need more than anything else. I'm going to tell you something. Before I come out here to preach any sermon that I preach, any lesson that I teach, the first thing or the last thing I do before I come out here to you, I get on my face before Lord and I say, Lord, fill me up. I need you to work on me, work in me, and work through me to accomplish your will. These people don't need to hear what I have to say but what you have to say. So Lord, use me as your vessel and help me be what you want me to be. And I'm going to tell you something. God does just that for his people. When we relinquish our will to his, when we ask him to take control, he's more than willing and he's more than able to do so. Can you say amen to that? Let me tell you something else. That not, that's not just for preaching the sermon. That's for every aspect of my life. Man, before I put my feet on the floor every morning, I try. I'm not saying that I do it every morning. I've still got some growing room. But I try every morning before I leave my bed to say, Lord, this day is yours. Take control of my life. Have your way and have your will in everything that I do. Lord, fill me up and help me to be the father. My kids need me to be and you want me to be. Help me to be the husband that you, uh, my wife needs me to be and you want me to be. Lord, help me to be the witness at my workplace that you've called me me to be, that those people need me to be and you want me to be. Lord, I know that can only happen through your power. So fill me up and use me, Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when you pray that and get serious with God, he'll get serious with you. Allow him to have control in your life and it affects everything about you. Not just what you do in the church, but what you do day by day at your workplace, at your home, at the grocery store, at the ball game. Walk around full of Jesus so that people may see Jesus in you. Amen? So we need that fullness that's being spoken of here about Stephen. Not only do I want you to see the fullness, but I want you to see the faithfulness. Now listen, Stephen is faithful because he's full. To be full of the Spirit means at least three things about you, according to Acts 6 and Acts 7, the life of Stephen. First of all, to be full of the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 6 and verse number 3, is to be full of wisdom. Everybody turn over there with me. Acts chapter 6, verse number 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honor support, watch this now, full of Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Spirit, and of wisdom. So if you're going to be full of the Holy Spirit, that means you're going to be full of wisdom. When you are full of wisdom, that gives you the ability by the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit to speak for Jesus. Amen? Now, how many of y'all thankful for that? How many of y'all are thankful that God has called us to speak for Jesus? 
But he don't expect us to do it in our own power because he knows we can't do it. He knows I can't do it. He knows you can't do it. See, he knew you couldn't do that when he saved you. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. And now he's saying, allow that Holy Spirit that is resident in your heart and life to be president in your heart and life to take control and have his way and his will in you. And when you do, God will give you wisdom so that you might speak for Jesus. Just like he did for Stephen. He was full of the Holy Spirit, and because he was full of the Holy Spirit, this brother had wisdom. The Bible says he had so much wisdom. Verse number 10 says, they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. I love that. Now, these were people who wanted to resist. These were people who didn't believe like Stephen believed, that Jesus was the Son of God and God the Son and the Messiah that came to take away the sin of the world. See, he's trying to tell them, this Jesus that you crucified, this Jesus that you killed is the Son of God. Now, they didn't want to believe that. They didn't want to listen to what he had to say, but the Bible says he was so full of the Holy Ghost they could not resist the wisdom by which he spake. Isn't that amazing? It kind of reminds me of Peter and John when they were arrested in Acts chapter 5. And the Bible says that those who had arrested them and who were trying to charge them, the Bible says they knew that they had been with Jesus because they were ignorant and unlearned men. These were just regular, common, ordinary, blue-collar fishermen. But when they heard how they were speaking, when they saw the authority and power that they had, guess what? They knew they had been with Christ. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If there's one thing I want to be said of me, I want people to look at me and say, hey, I can tell that brother's been with Jesus. Because that makes all the difference. See, then it's him doing the work. And when he does the work, the work is joyful. When he does the work, the work is not a burden, it's a blessing. When he does the work, man, it amazes me. So what I want, what we got to have, is to be filled with him. Let him give us wisdom so that we might speak for the Lord. Wisdom to speak. But he also gives us power, the Bible says. Acts chapter 6, verse number 8. Watch this. And Stephen, full of faith and power. Everybody say power. If wisdom gives us the ability to speak, then power gives us the ability to stand. Amen. To stand for the Lord. And it's through the filling of the Holy Spirit we receive the power we need to stand even when people are not comfortable with us standing. That's what happened with Stephen. Here is Stephen speaking to the men who had the power over life and death for him. I mean, the ones he's speaking to here are the same ones who had killed John the Baptist or at least had him killed. They're the same ones who, who listen, incited the, the, the crowd to yell, crucify him, crucify him. When Pilate brought Jesus and Barabbas before the crowd, they had the power to bring death 
to Stephen as well. And he knew this. Yet he kept standing. Why? Because he's full of the Holy Spirit. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you receive power that enables you to stand. Look how he puts it. Acts chapter 7. Look down with me to verse number 51. He says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? They have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have now been the betrayers and murderers. Does that, act, does that sound like a man who's cowering down? That sounds like a man who's standing by the power of God in front of the most powerful people of his day, the people who had the power to bring life or death to him. And he speaks truth. How is that possible? Well, I'll tell you how. He's full of the Holy Spirit. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, He gives you wisdom so that you might speak and He gives you power so that you might stand. Let me tell you something else He gives. He gives faith. Acts chapter 6 verse number 8 says that He was full of faith and power. Now what does faith do? Faith gives you the ability to suffer. <laughs> I love what we read here in Acts chapter 7. Starting in verse number 54. Everybody look there with me. When they heard these things, these things that Stephen's been preaching to them, that brother stands up and calls sin black and hell hot. Jesus saved and heaven sure. I mean, he's preaching the truth of the word of God. So after he had said these things, go back and read it for yourself. I want you to see it this week. Fantastic message. After he had said these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. They were grinding their teeth. They were so mad at what he was saying. L let me say something to you right here before we go any further. As a child of God full of the Holy Spirit, you stand for Jesus and what Jesus gives you to say, you speak it. Are you hearing me? Now we always speak the truth in love, but we're called to speak the truth. That's going to make some people mad, and that's going to make some people glad. I'm glad, I'm, I'm thankful myself that I'm not here to please men. Don't whether, worry whether or not it makes them glad or mad. You just speak the truth of the Word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking the truth in love, and let God do the rest. Be instant. In season and out of season and preach the word. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. But listen, we're not called to, pre to, to, to please people. Jesus said, don't fear the one. Don't fear the ones who's able to kill your body. You better fear the one who's able to put your soul in hell. You fear God. I found out a long time ago, folks, if I please God, it don't really matter who I, who I displease. But if I displease God, if I don't do my best to do what He wants by His power, if I displease Him, it don't matter who I please. So follow the Lord. Speak the truth. Allow God to do His work. You be faithful. They gnashed on Him with their teeth. Verse 55 says, But He, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Folks, when Stephen made his stand for Jesus, Jesus stood up for Stephen. 
we see when Jesus ascended, the Bible says he sat down on the right hand of God the Father, waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. But when we see Stephen being martyred, being willing to stand even to the point of death, Jesus stood up. Isn't that powerful? I think we need to ask ourselves, what brings Jesus to his feet? Well, for what I'm seeing right here, th this is a standing ovation that really matters, that really means something. What I'm seeing right here, what brings Jesus to his feet is a man full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit having wisdom to speak for the Lord, power to stand for the Lord, and faith enough to suffer for the Lord. And Jesus stands up. Watch this. He looked up steadfast in heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. Verse 58. And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And witnesses lay down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Verse 59. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Stephen realized what we need to realize. There's a lot more to living than just this life, folks. I mean, the average lifespan of a man right now is about 76 years. Now, that seems like a really long time. It don't seem as long as it used to be. <laughs> as we grow closer to those numbers, it seems that time is getting so much shorter. I remember when I was a little boy, man, I thought 16, 18, 20-year-old, man, you was really getting old. And then I came to be 16, 18, 20, and I thought, man, my mom and dad is just old as the hills, and they were 40, 45, 50 years old. And now that I'm 40, on my way to 45, it don't seem so old anymore. Time passes so quickly. We only have just a short amount of it, really, when you think about it. There's more to living than just this life. That 76 years, or if we live to be 176, that's only a drop in the bucket when compared to eternity. Stephen had faith in knowing. He had much more to look forward to ahead of him than what was behind him. There was much more to look forward to ahead than what was in the present. And because he had faith in, in, in the truth of what God has promised, a home in heaven, he had the ability to suffer. And he looked up to heaven and saw Jesus standing. Isn't that amazing? I want you to see the fullness of Stephen. Please see that this morning. It makes all the difference for you and me. See the faithfulness. He's faithful because he's full. He speaks for the Lord with wisdom. He stands for the Lord in power. He suffers for the Lord if need be because of faith. But let me say this. Listen to me very plainly. Also see the forgiveness that Stephen offered. Watch. 
Verse number 60 of Acts chapter 7. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now that sounds very familiar to me. Does it you? Do you remember what the Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter number 23? Luke 23, 34, the Bible says that Jesus, hanging on the cross, looked down at the men who had just put the, the spikes through his wrist and through his feet and, and, and crammed the crown of thorns down upon his head and beat him with a cat of nine tails and spit on him and plucked out his beard and cursed him. Humiliated him. Stripped him naked. Put him on a cross. He looked down at those men who had just did all that. You know what he said? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I don't know about you. But that's, that's the Jesus of the Bible. I want to know more about. Whew. How is that possible? How is it possible for Stephen to look at the men who were throwing stones at him, not because he's done something wrong, but because he's done something right? How can he look at them and say, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge? I'll tell you how. When you are full of Jesus, then you can act like Jesus in every circumstance, good or bad. You're going to have some good times and praise the Lord for the good times. But you're going to have some bad times too. You're going to have times when you feel like nobody else is willing to stand and you're all by yourself. I'm going to tell you this. When you're full of Jesus, He enables you by His power to act like Him in every situation. Offer forgiveness. Extend grace. Let me tell you why. Because grace has been extended to you. I don't deserve it. But God gave it freely because he loves me. If you're going to show the love of Jesus, you've got to do the same thing. I had a lady tell me years ago, I was struggling with forgiveness. I'll be honest. When someone does you wrong, Sometimes we struggle with forgiving people. When someone takes advantage of you, sometimes we struggle with forgiving people. And I was struggling. And she read for me some scripture where it says, if I don't forgive others, God don't have to forgive me. And I thought, wow. And then she told me something I'll never forget. You know what she said? She said, walking in unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping someone else dies. You talking about a two before moment, man. That hit me right between the eyes. She said, walking in unforgiveness is like allowing someone else to live rent free inside your head. See what she was telling me and it's true. An unforgiving spirit and an unforgiving heart hurts you much more than the people you're mad at. It keeps you from being what God wants you to be. It causes bitterness and hurt in you. 
more than anyone else. So offer forgiveness today. If Stephen can do it and they're throwing rocks at him, surely we can do it. If Jesus can do it, hanging on a cross by his power in us, we can do it as well. Amen? I love you today. Hope and pray you've enjoyed these services. I've enjoyed being with you. I'm going to pray for you this week. And I encourage you, please, pray for me. I desire your prayers. I need your prayers. We're all going to have a time of invitation this morning. This is my message. I'm praying that God the Holy Spirit speaks to you and uses it in your life just like he's used it in my life. I love you. Let's pray together and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, how good you are to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've done for us what's needed and what we couldn't do for ourselves. I'm thankful, Lord, you've extended grace. And Lord, help us to extend grace to others. Lord, I'm asking that you would fill up your people. Fill us up so that we might walk in wisdom and speak for you, Lord Jesus, so that we might walk in power and stand for you, Lord Jesus, and so that we might walk in faith and, yes, even suffer for you, Lord Jesus. Help us to be what you want by your power. We need you more than ever before. Lord, we realize you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. To do your work by your power in your church and for these things we want to praise you. There's many hurting hearts, Lord, that's maybe in this building this morning or listening to us online. God, I don't know what's going on in every situation, but you do. You're the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God of the universe. And you can do and you know what to do, what needs doing in every situation. Lord, I'm asking that you meet needs, you answer prayers, you save souls, break addictions, heal families. We're praying that you would do the work that only you are capable of. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and for your sake, amen.